0: Welcome to the Adam's Road podcast, an outreach to the Christian music ministry, Adam's Road. Every week we examine a chapter from the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. You can find our weekly content by searching Adam's Road podcast on your podcast app. Let's start today by listening through Hebrews chapter 13, verses 10 through 25.
1: We have an altar from which those who serve the holy tabernacle Have no right to eat For the bodies of those animals Whose blood is brought into the holy place By the high priest as an offering for sin Are burned outside of the camp Therefore Jesus also That he might sanctify the people Through his own blood Suffered outside of the gate Let us therefore go out to him Outside of the camp Bearing his reproach For we don't have here an enduring city But we seek that which is to come Through him then let us offer up a sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of lips, which proclaim an allegiance to his name. But don't forget to be doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they watch on behalf of your souls, as those who will give an account, that they may do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be unprofitable for you. Pray for us, for we are persuaded that we have a good conscience, desiring to live honorably in all things. I strongly urge you to do this, that I may be restored to you sooner. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep, with the blood of an eternal covenant, our Lord Jesus, make you complete in every good work to do his will. Working in you that which is well pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. But I exhort you, brothers, endure the word of exhortation, for I have written to you in few words. Know that our brother Timothy has been freed, with whom, if he comes shortly, I will see you. Greet all of your leaders and all the saints. The Italians greet you. Grace be with you all. Amen.
0: All right, moving right along, we're in verse 10 now of Hebrews chapter 13. We have an altar from which those who serve the holy tabernacle have no right to eat. The Jewish Christians were no doubt persecuted and hated by many of the Jews during that time. They were likely branded as illegitimate Jews because they had rejected the customs of Judaism for Jesus. But the temptation was to go back to their old religious system so that they could have the approval of others. The writer is reminding them that they, as believers in Jesus, are actually the legitimate children of Abraham. They shouldn't feel left out because the truth is, they actually have a better altar from which those others have no right to eat. So what is the altar from which we have the right to eat as Christians? Could it be the cross of Christ? First 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, for the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are dying, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And here's Jesus' invitation in John 6.35. He said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. All right, verse 11. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy place by the high priest as an offering for sin, are burned outside of the camp. Therefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people through his own blood, suffered outside of the gate. Therefore let's go out to him outside of the camp, bearing his reproach. Institutional Judaism had rejected Jesus. They hated him and had him crucified outside the gate of the city. Everything outside the camp was to be considered unclean and evil. These Jewish Christians were being invited to embrace the reproaches that accompany knowing Jesus and not hide from them. They were being exhorted to suffer with Christ outside the camp. (laughs) It's okay to be the weirdo. It's okay to be made fun of, mocked, scorned, persecuted. This is a glorious thing when it's for the sake of Christ. What's Jesus calling me and you to let go of? walk away from, endure for his name's sake and for his glory. That's where we're called to go as followers of Jesus outside the camp to bear the reproach of Christ. Being a Christian, living like a Christian and being a witness of him and of his gospel will make you an enemy to the world. This is because people who don't have Jesus are inclined to love the darkness rather than the light. When you shine the light of Jesus around them, They don't want to have anything to do with that because they love wickedness and they hate the light. They don't want their works to be exposed. You've heard, misery loves company. But as Christians, since we ought to love the glory that comes from God more than the glory that comes from men, we should be meeting Jesus outside the gate without shame, knowing Jesus is always worth it. After all this world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. All right, Hebrews 13, verse 14. For we don't have here an enduring city, but we seek that which is to come. Guys, there's no hope in what this world has to offer. It's glorious, temporary, and fleeting. Have you ever coveted something of this world and attained it? But after you received that thing, it wasn't as great as you thought it'd be. It didn't really fulfill your soul like you had hoped and expected it would. Its glory and fulfillment was at best short-lived. It left you empty and longing for something better, something more. I know I've been there. Seeking fulfillment from the world or even religion not centered in Christ is a vain pursuit. It won't satisfy the deepest longings of our soul. Only Jesus can do that. Only his love poured into our hearts can do that. Only faith in him And receiving what He has done on the cross for us can do that. Submit to Jesus. Rest in Jesus. Enjoy His peace, His love, His joy. Be filled with His love by His Spirit and share His love with others. That will satisfy the soul. That will last. We seek the enduring city which is to come. What matters? Having a relationship with our Creator. Genuinely loving those around us. People getting to know Jesus, community in Christ, serving each other, doing God's will, walking in the good works God has prepared beforehand for us to walk in, proclaiming the good news of Jesus to the world, feeding the hungry, defending the poor and the afflicted, visiting orphans and widows in their affliction, keeping ourselves unstained from this world, free from the love of money, free from idols, available to serve and obey our great God and Savior, Jesus These things matter. Jesus said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves cannot break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Verse 15 Through him, then, let's offer up a sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of lips which proclaim allegiance to His name. It appears the sacrifice of praise the writer has in mind here are lips which acknowledge the name of Jesus, lips which proclaim allegiance to Him. We can certainly do this through song or words when we gather corporately as a body of believers in Jesus. No, we can do this anytime. While we're alone folding laundry, or while we're doing a task with others at work. The Apostle Paul urges us not to be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord Jesus. We should continually, routinely, and habitually profess our allegiance to and love for Jesus, to God and before others. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 32 and 33, So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. All right, so why does the writer refer to our offering up of praise to God through lips, which proclaim allegiance to his name as a sacrifice? Well, maybe in all circumstances, it's not always natural or easy to do this. Maybe we're in a bad mood sometimes and don't feel like it. Maybe the Holy Spirit convicts us to share Jesus with someone when it's inconvenient for us, meaning we would need to sacrifice our time and current endeavor to make room for the will of God. Maybe we're in a situation where professing allegiance to Jesus and his gospel would come at a cost, like losing a relationship, losing a job, ending up in prison, if you live in certain countries, as we mentioned earlier, or getting made fun of, being hated and scorned. I think it can definitely be scary and awkward to go out on a limb and share Jesus with strangers you meet for the first time in general, especially if you're not used to doing it regularly. Have you ever been standing on a high platform, afraid to jump into the water, but you really want to? But after you do and experience that adrenaline rush, you love it, you wanna go back and do it time and time again. Or uh, maybe that same experience with a roller coaster or something. Jesus, he's always worth it. I've never, ever, ever regretted sharing Jesus with anyone, dropping his name in a conversation, giving glory to him for his greatness, for the cross, for his word, for his love. It might be awkward at first, but as you take that jump of faith, so to speak, into the water or that step of faith onto the roller coaster, you'll find Jesus is in control. He'll give you a mouth of wisdom and the words to speak. He'll fill you with the power and love of his spirit and work in and through you his goodwill and pleasure. It's so fun to be used by God, to be a vessel to bless others and serve Jesus. It just takes us being available and willing. God, use me for your glory. I'm weak, I'm scared, I'm incapable, but I trust in you, I rely upon you. Verse 16, but don't forget to be doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. So the writer here by the Holy Spirit's leading is doing exactly what he instructed us to do in chapter 10 when we meet together. Let us provoke one another to love and good works, not forsaking our own assembling together as the custom of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Specifically, the writer mentions sharing. Do we have a tight grip on money and things? Do we think we own them? Or do we recognize that God owns everything and we're simply stewards? One day we'll give an accounting to God for how we've utilized these things, anything temporal with which the Lord has blessed us shouldn't be hoarded merely for selfish and personal gratification. How are we using these resources to enrich others in need and to further the kingdom of God? Verse 17 Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they watch on behalf of your souls, as those who will give an account, that they may do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be unprofitable for you. God has appointed overseers within the context of the local church body to shepherd God's flock. Their function within the body of Christ is to watch on behalf of our souls. A godly overseer will have the kind of heart Jesus instilled into the apostle Peter for God's flock. In John 27, Jesus asked Peter three times if he loved him. And the point Jesus makes is that if Peter loved Jesus, he would feed and tend to Jesus' sheep. That was to be Peter's priority and calling. He was to love Jesus more than he loved fishing and a career, more than he loved anything or anyone else. And the reflection of that love, the evidence of that love would be expressed in Peter's devotion to tending to, caring for, loving, and feeding the lambs of Jesus, those who have received Jesus who believe in his name. And as God's flock, we're instructed here to obey our leaders and submit to them those who share the word of God with us. Assuming they're godly men and proven to be above reproach as servants of Christ and able to teach God's word faithfully, we should love and honor such godly leaders and men and follow them as they follow Christ. We shouldn't be a burden to them and make their job any harder or taxing than it already is. We should serve under them submissively with joy and without grumbling so that they too can serve us with joy and without groaning. Verse 18, pray for us, for we are persuaded that we have a good conscience, desiring to live honorably in all things. I strongly urge you to do this, that I may be restored to you sooner. Our leaders need our prayers. In fact, we need each other's prayers and support. Verse 20, now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep with the blood of an eternal covenant, our Lord Jesus, make you complete in every good work to do His will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. God makes us complete and equipped for every good work. What a great reminder and encouragement here that it is God who works in us. We can let Him take the wheel in our lives. And we're assured that what He works through us and in us will be well-pleasing in His sight. Verse 22, But I exhort you, brothers, endure the word of exhortation, for I have written to you in few words. (laughs) I guess these uh, 13 chapters of Hebrews were just a few words of exhortation. (laughs) I can only imagine what many words would have been. And closing out the book here, Know that our brother Timothy has been freed, with whom if he comes shortly, I will see you. Greet all of your leaders and all the saints, the Italians greet you. Grace be with you all. Amen.
2: When Matthew on the birth of God's son of virgin shall conceive. At his baptism the voice of God said that he was well pleased and when he was asked to give a sign to the entire crowd he said the only sign they would receive was of jonah
1: now
2: that for three days and nights he spent his time in the heart of the earth and prophecy foretold specifics about his approaching death we are his witnesses and he's chosen us to go out I was thinking he was a ghost And he took three of them to a high mountain His clothes turned intensely white And he told them again that the Son of Man Would suffer much and then die We are his witnesses and his-
1: Jesus is our God He was the Word then He came to earth so He could dwell with us And not every one of the things He's done has been written down
2: But these are written so you You may believe believe in Jesus now
0: Yes, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. We're all called to be witnesses for Jesus. What a privilege. What a joy. That was four Winds from the Adams Road album, Tongues of Fire. This is the Adams Road podcast, an outreach to the Christian music ministry, Adams Road. You can learn more about us at AdamsRoadMinistry.com. Again, that's AdamsRoadMinistry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Feel free to join us next week as we examine Acts chapter 1. Grace and peace be with you all.